Good morning, my boy. Good morning, dog. What's up, Channing? Good morning. Good to see you, brother. All is good? Yeah. This guy, this boy got on the turtleneck today. Fred, you see, Fred, clean, Fred, you see, Fred, you seem to care more about my turtleneck than Chan. Well, I'm sitting, Charlie. No, no, I love it, RC. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Get my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. No one me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Get my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. Hey, man, it's you. Uh, welcome to the pivot. Uh, Xavier McKinney, starting safety, New York Giants, Alabama Crimson Tide. I won't hold that against you. Uh, I got enough friends from the school now, man. I just start to like y'all. Hey, man, you should, bro. <laughs> I figure Good you. that you do. And we're going to lose to somebody. Might as well lose to them. You know what I mean? Freddie T, Channing, I'm RC. Uh, to our partners, Happy Dad, we appreciate you. Also to DraftKings, thank you for your sponsorship. All the people that supported us, obviously we just dropped our one year show on Tuesday. Thank you guys. Uh, we wanna just keep doing the same thing for you in 2023. We're gonna have bigger, better shows. We're gonna still stay the same. Um, let's take it back though. You know, he spoke about Roswell, yeah. you know, growing up in Marietta, dressing as yourself, a football player yeah. for Halloweens. Did you always have dreams of being in this position now? Yeah, I did. Um, I think ever since, you know, I was five, uh, that's, you know, that's when I started playing. Um, you know, I always wanted to get to this level. Um, so it's always been, you know, it was always a dream of mine. Um, it was a lot, I would say it was a lot different though when I actually got here because I didn't realize the business part of it, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but obviously as a kid, you don't really think about none of that. You just think about the, you know, the football aspect of it. But, uh, you know, it was always, like I said, it was always a dream of mine ever since, you know, I was real little, ever since I could really play football, so. I was, I was telling you a little bit before, I went to Roswell High School as well. Yeah. It's crazy when I looked and saw it, like, damn, this dude's a hornet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up transferring because they varsity blues me. Yeah. Like on the movie with the 40 carries, 250 yards, one touchdown. Yeah. The white boy had 30 yards, four touchdowns. Every time he got in the red zone, they give it to the white boy. Yeah. After that game, my mom said, you leaving. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. So I went up going to North Springs. Mm -hmm. But then you go to Roswell, you ball, and it's an athletic powerhouse. Now it's a big, beautiful yeah, school. Yeah. I don't know if that. I don't know if they still boxing the blues in my but <laughs> so like so it's crazy because it was like so my class we really changed like the culture of uh, the school which it didn't go well for you know what I'm saying a lot of uh, you know the people like the AD and a lot of people that was there my class when we left it was kind of like an end of an era for real um, everybody pretty much uh, either you know what I'm saying quit their jobs or. I left the school, but we had, it was a lot of black kids, you know what I'm saying, in my, in my class. And we made what we had football, the, the, the athletics wise, we made that um, and we, and we uh, kind of put the school on the map as far as uh, we just had a lot of, a lot of uh, highly recruited guys, you know what I'm saying, kind of like what you saying, it, it wasn't, you know what I'm saying, because it's a white area. They ain't really like it too, too much, but we, we did what we had to do. And uh, you know what I'm saying? We we ain't, we didn't really have none of that at the time yeah. we, when we was there. Because uh, it was too many of us. They couldn't really, they couldn't do that. Um, and we was winning. Um, and you know what I'm saying? We was getting that recognition, uh, you know what I'm saying? As far as the recruitment stuff goes. So it was a little different when I was there. They did you that because you was light skinned. <laughs> and all the girls, you know, they looking at me. 
All the white boys hide because they looking at little where red, where the little red boy. But <laughs> you from around there? Because they have something in Atlanta called the M to M program, mm -hmm. minority to majority. So it, that story you're telling happens a lot where they start busting these black dudes, these black ball players, out of the hood into these suburban areas, yeah. and athletically the team comes up, but the dynamic of the school starts changing yep. because it's different cultures yep. there. And that's what that's what that's seems exactly, like what happened yeah, that, that was exactly what happened, man. After a while, you know what I'm saying, they started to get kind of irritated with it. So they, you know what I'm saying, was was, you know, with certain people, they was following them, trying to make sure that they lived in the school district, trying to see where they were actually living at, and you know what I'm saying, trying to get them uh removed and kicked out from the school, whatever. But uh we had a little bit of that. So yeah, it was different though. Talking about the recruiting process as well. You're a four-star. Yeah. You've played on uh, tremendous programs, high school, Alabama. Oh. I know the Georgia fans probably like, how did he get out of Georgia? But that's probably a different story. Played at a, a great school in Alabama, and now you're on the highest level playing for the New York Giants. Does that star rating even matter? And were you upset that you were only a four-star? Well, not that you were only a four-star, yeah. but that you were a four-star, not a five-star? At the time, I was. Um, but, you know what I'm saying, that was... Like, I always think of that, like, I was younger, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, at that time, uh, I just wanted that, that recognition. And uh, that recognition was getting the stars, you know what I'm saying? Getting, uh, getting that pub out. Um, and I, I, ain't have a lot, I ain't have a whole bunch of offers. I had like 13 offers, but they were all the top schools. Mm. Um, I didn't go to a lot of camps. I went to like two camps. Uh, my first camp was a Clemson camp. And my second one was a uh, was a Bama camp. I cared a lot a lot more about it when I was younger, but now that I'm here, like none of that mean anything. Um, you know what I'm saying? You see, they always bring it up. Like you see the top guys now um, that had no stars in high school, but so none of that the star stuff that that don't mean nothing. Um, obviously, you care about it when um, you know what I'm saying when you're in high school and all that stuff. But once you get past that level, uh, all that stuff kind of erases, and you just gotta you just gotta ball because. I've seen five stars be terrible. I've seen the no stars be, you know what I'm saying, superstars. So, right. uh, like I said, it kind of, it, it all depends on how you work. It all depends on how you play. Um, and that's what, that's what matters at the end of it. You know, he mentioned Alabama being there, being around the greatest coach in college football, Nick Saban. He coached me yeah. at LSU my last two years. Also having an opportunity to meet Kobe Bryant. And if you've ever watched this show, I never miss an opportunity to talk about Kobe or to ask people their experiences with him. For you to be coached by someone like Saban, I even read somewhere that you said you wanted to emulate that greatness. You wanted to make sure that you didn't let him down, that you didn't upset him. And then also having an opportunity to ask Kobe Bryant questions about the way that he prepared. How has being around greats such as Nick Saban, Kobe Bryant, expired? inspired you to work the way that you do? Man, uh, it's inspired me on every level um, of just, I know what, cause especially with Coach Saban, um, you know what I'm saying? He always wanted to be perfect, um, you know, and you knew that he was about his business no matter what. Um, and, you know, I'm, as I got older, uh, you know, I started to realize, I think it was really after my freshman year, you know what I'm saying? I really, you know, understood what, what he wanted to do. I understood how he, um, you know, I said how he worked and how he wanted to perfect his craft. So uh, for me, you know, I'm saying, I saw the same thing and I, and I liked that. And I was always like a hardworking dude and I always wanted to be, uh, you know, I'm saying, try to be perfect and try to strive to get there. So for me, 
you know, so I saw that. Uh, you know, I saw I saw that with Kobe. I saw that with with, with Saban. Um, and I wanted to be able to do the same thing because I wanted to get to the level that they were at. Um, so that's always, you know, what I'm saying something that's pushed me. Um, you know, I always say that you know I'm a self-motivated person, so uh, I want to be as great as I can be. Um, I want to be the best, and I know in order to do that, you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta try to be better than, you know, I'm saying everybody else that's in the room. And and to do that for to my standard, you know, what I'm saying I'm trying to reach that perfect level. Um, so that's just how I see it, and uh, you know, what I'm saying that's always kind of motiva- motivated me since since I've been playing. I also played for Saban. He uh, drafted me. Yeah. When he went to Miami, he drafted me to the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you have to adjust to getting cussed the hell out? Yeah, I did, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I wanted to take you to deal with how Saban coaches. So my freshman year, like, I got cussed out every day in practice, and it was the same play. Like, <laughs> I, like, I kid you not, I messed up on the same play every time. So he would just be on my ass. He would cuss me out the same thing every day. And um, I think it was it was one game. I think we played uh, Ole Miss, and I got in like real late, missed the tackle. You know what I'm saying? Came over to the sideline, and he cussed me out. He's saying this, he's saying that, and I felt like shit. Like I felt like the worst damn football. I thought I wasn't gonna make it. Right. I ain't gonna lie. Like, cause when he what he said, it was just like, damn. Like, am I do I, am I terrible? But then I kind of you know what I'm saying I had to take a step back, and I had to realize, all right, like I know what I need to do to improve. Um, and you know what I'm saying? I, I felt that in every practice that, that he cussed me out, I understood that he was cussing me out because he cared, because he knew that I had something in me, you know what I'm saying, that he was trying to get pushed out of me. So uh, once I realized that, I kind of got used to it. Um, I started to work a lot harder. I started to study a lot more. I was more locked in and I knew what I had to do because I knew that, you know what I'm saying, when I could gain his trust and I, when I could earn that, I knew, you know what I'm saying, I'll be, I'll be A-OK. And it's funny, because now you're at this level, you've been in the league for a while, yeah. team captain and all. Yeah. Think about Saban as an NFL head coach yeah. with the OGs already on the team, coming in with the dudes already got $100 million. Mm-hmm. He was getting his ass cussed out in Miami. I'm already knowing. Because he's 38 years old, them 37-year-old D-tackles. Yeah. What are you doing yet? <laughs> Who are you talking to? Yeah. Like, so that was a thing, the transition part of it, though. I had to get used to it. I would get cussed out, Ron's looking all, but that's, that, saving cuss, that saving cussing is different. But didn't he make you a better football player? Because that's the part I try to tell everybody about. A lot saving. better. Um, he, like I said, he just made me just think about the game a lot differently. Um, and he just, like, he just, he, he pushed it out of, like, I, like I said, I already, anybody that knows me, like, I work hard, like, and that just is what it is, but he brought something out of me, like, a different type of focus, just how I prepared and, and got ready. Um, he brought that out of me, you know what I'm saying? He definitely, if it, like, he changed, you know what I'm saying, how I thought about a lot of different things, how I played, um, and like I said, how I prepared, so. Um, and he, you know, he said he tends to do that with, you know what I'm saying, a lot of, a lot of people that are coached under him. So a lot of people would say the same thing. And speaking of standards, you talk about saving, you talk about Bama, your freshman year, mm-hmm. your current head coach, Coach Dabo, was the offensive coordinator at Bama. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys have a relationship then? And how is your relationship now? We didn't really have, like, that close of a relationship. Um, I think in college, um, I dealt with more just, you know what I'm saying, my side of the ball. Right. Um, obviously, we saw the offensive coaches and stuff like that, but uh, there wasn't as much of a, of a relationship, um, you know what I'm saying, as it is now in the league. Because in the league, I feel like, 
and I'm saying for me at least, I got a relationship with all my coaches, no matter what side of the ball it is. Um, but college, it was a it was a lot different, especially being at Bama. At that time, I wasn't even worried about you know what I'm saying the office of coaches. I wasn't even trying to build no relationship with them. I was trying to do it with my DC and my position coach, um, and then obviously Saban. So we didn't really have that that close relationship. But when we first came in the building, it was like obviously we've been with each, on the same team with each other, but. You know what I'm saying? It's like our relationship, like we've been knowing each other for five years. The small relationship in college, the walk-bys or whatever, the relationship you have now, did it make it easier for you to pick up the phone after your accident and then kind of get into that? I know I would be scared as hell to call my head coach after I'm on a bye week, I have an accident, you know, and then the contract stuff, mm -hmm. the language that's in there that says uh, uh, non-related football injuries, all that different stuff. So. Run that back. Let us know how you know that what that experience was like. Obviously, when the situation first happened, uh, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about none of that. I was just happy that it wasn't anything worse. And I think it was something that was obviously it was something that was traumatizing for me because I never had been in no situation like that. Uh, it's only my second time out the country, um, so for that to have happened, it was kind of you know what I'm saying it was crazy. But it did make it a lot easier to call Dave's and, you know what I'm saying, let them know the situation um, because I knew that, you know, obviously we had built that relationship with each other and, uh, you know what I'm saying, we was both uh, transparent with each other, um, you know what I'm saying, whatever he wanted to tell me, he told, he could tell me, whatever I wanted to tell him, I could tell him yeah. without it, you know what I'm saying, being any type of problems. So it did make it a lot easier to, you know what I'm saying, to call him, call Mr. Mayor, to call, you know what I'm saying, Wink, um, just all the all my coaches really uh, we had we all had a pretty good relationship with each other so um, it was easy to call and and kind of tell them the situation it didn't make it uh, it was still hard to kind of explain it to them obviously um, but as far as just picking up the phone and, and letting them know and telling them you know what I'm saying the truth of what happened that part of it was easy uh, as far as the you know what I'm saying that incident goes it sucked because of the timing of it also because of how well things were going for me as far as just becoming a leader mm -hmm. um, becoming that you know what I'm saying being named that captain um, yeah. you know what I'm saying I had to think about you know what I'm saying all these things and uh, you know what I'm saying when the situation first went down I'm like damn like how am I explaining this to my teammates how am I explaining this to my coaches so that part of it was was difficult for me um, but I did realize that, you know, they, they were still going to need me. I was still a captain. I was still a leader. Um, so I couldn't really sit and dwell on being down or feeling bad about it. Like at that point, like afterwards, it was like, it is what it is. I got to figure out ways where I could learn from this and I could, you know what I'm saying, become a better leader, be become a better captain. Um, and I went, really went from there. Uh, it wasn't the easiest thing, you know what I'm saying? I had my days where I was like in the shithole, like it was just bad, but uh, you know what I'm saying? I also have my days where I'm like, yeah, like we gotta go. Like we ain't, I ain't got time to uh, sit here and feel bad. Like the season's still gonna go on. We still gotta win games. We still got, you know what I'm saying, an a, a expectation level that, you know what I'm saying, we need to, a standard that we need to play to. We still, you know what I'm saying, trying to get uh, reach the ultimate goal, which is, you know what I'm saying, the championship. So I, I understood all of that. And once I, you know what I'm saying, set all the feelings and shit aside, um, it was easy for me to pick up and just, you know what I'm saying, keep going, uh, rehab my hand and do all the other stuff they needed me to do. I became the newest member, well, kind of, of The Pivot about a year ago. 
And a year ago, if I would have had ZipRecruiter.com, maybe I could have put a team together that is as good as Fred and Channing already were, and then they added me. ZipRecruiter.com is the place to find anyone you're looking for for that special business or personal match. Dietitian, trainer, nurse, they're all there. And listen, four of the five businesses that go to ZipRecruiter.com find a perfect match within 24 hours. And so that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DraftKings. And no matter where you are, they are the place to be. And we are no better than the people we work with, whether that was Shaquille O'Neal, whether it was Kevin Hart or Mike Tomlin. It's the people that surround you that make you exactly who you are. So go to ZipRecruiter.com for all of your business needs and you will find your perfect match. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DraftKings. I need to know the story story. When you, when the ATV mm. happened and then the world knew what happened when it came out, my first thought, he was trying to show out for a woman. That was my first thought. I need the story. Everybody, you did it this game. Freddie, you did The situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that happened. My, my incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to know the story of how you shattered your damn ham in the mashed potatoes. And you're going to look out for all the young boys who are watching this. Yeah, yeah, no. Because people sure. go out of the country and do wild shit, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We don't need, like, to read about yeah, we'll no tragic incident. Yeah, yeah. It could have been you. Yeah, yeah. You know sure. what I'm saying? Thank God it's not. So yeah. kind of lead us through this. Laying next to the street like Duval. Man. Duval was. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got that uh, Carl Weller's hand like on Happy Gilmore. So it's crazy. So yeah, I was with a girl, but you know what I'm saying? Everything was going perfectly fine. That morning, uh, I actually got up and uh, I worked out at the resort. Like, so usually my bye week, I don't do nothing. Like, I'm chilling, like, I don't do anything. Uh, so I call my, uh, my, uh, my strength coach, uh, Fitz, and I'm like, hey, you can send me over to the workout. Like, I'm about to do a workout right quick. So I do a workout at the resort, and I'm saying, do that, feeling good, come back up, take a shower. We had already planned, like, we're gonna go out and do stuff, whatever. So I'm looking in the little pamphlet that they give and um, see different things. And at first, I wanted to do a helicopter ride. So then I call, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't nothing else crazy. So I call, we called the, uh, you know what I'm saying, the helicopter people, and they're like, nah, we don't do this service anymore. So I'm like, damn, like, I don't really know what else really I want to do, whatever. And then we thought about the camel ride. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So then we look at the ATVs, and then they have like the regular ones, and then they got the ones that are like, they call like the supercharged, like the fast ones. But I'm like, nah, I don't want to get on those. I ain't trying to have no crazy shit happen. So I'm like, nah, forget that. We're just going to get on the regular ones. So we drive to the place, and it's a sightseeing, you know what I'm saying? It's a sightseeing tour. So we got a guide in front of us, and um, he's on the actual ATV. We in, like, the K&M, like, the, the, the bigger, kind of like the car, car one. And really, like, nothing really happened, bro. Shit was just crazy. Like, we had stopped. We, we got out by the beach, um, took some pictures. And then we got back in, in the K&M, and we probably, probably like 10 seconds later, I'm driving up, it's like a hill, and then there's a right turn. Driving up, make the turn, and the shit just tips, you know what I'm saying, it tips over, but like, it tipped over, like, it, shit happened so fast, but it was like, really so slow. <laughs> it shit was crazy, and so like, as it was falling down, I didn't really even need to put my hand down, but it was a reaction. Yeah. So it was falling down, I tried to put my hand down, and the top of the bar, just like smashes my, smashes my hand. And I didn't even realize 
know what I'm saying? Because it happened like so fast. So when I put my hand down, smashed it, and um, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking at my hand and I realize I'm like, what the hell? So I'm starting to like now I'm kind of freaking out because I'm now we we sideways and I'm stuck in the like I'm trying to get out and I can't get out of the you know what I'm saying? Get out of the uh, the seatbelt and she can't get out either. So we just sitting there, the people behind us, they trying to push it up. So now I start looking at my legs, just trying to make sure yeah. everything else is straight. And luckily everything else was good. Um, I sat there, you know what I'm saying, for a little minute because they had to come and, and pick us up. And then that's when, you know what I'm saying, went to the hospital. But uh, it was nothing crazy. I wasn't, you know what I'm saying, I was- You weren't doing like, donuts. I wasn't doing no donuts. It, it, like, it was like some freak, like the freakest accident I've ever, you know what I'm saying, been a part of. Uh, but like I said, it was just all bad timing, bro. That's that's it. Thankful it's your left hand and not your right. Not the right. Because look, I injured my right hand. Mm -hmm. I had a cast on it for three weeks, and trying to wipe your ass with your off hand, man, <laughs> that's a whole different story. I ain't, but I ain't listen. even I ain't even realized how much I needed my left hand to. <laughs> I couldn't use it. I'm like, damn, like I really need my left. So I couldn't imagine if it was my right. You know that type of adversity that we go through with injury is something that all players understand. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you've done before in resetting, recognizing the position that you're in and moving forward. I am gonna take it back a little bit though to draft night. Mm -hmm. Xavier McKinney has an excellent college career, doesn't do as well as he wants to in the combine, cramps up, yep. uh, runs four, six, but was expected to be a first round pick, was the best safety uh, in the draft coming out of college. And you don't go in the first round. Yep. And you go back that night and watch film of yourself, basically critiquing yourself to try to say, okay, if there are reasons I didn't go in the first round, here are the reasons. I want to know them for myself. How do I correct those things and get better? How does an experience like that both hurt you, but also allow you to grow? I think just the timing of that was, was crazy. Obviously, being at the combine and having that shit happen, like, so before, I don't even really talk about the story. So before I even ran that 40, uh, well, really before the draft, I was thinking of it was me and Delpit were the mm -hmm. top safeties. And for me, um, I saw it as a competitive, from a competitive standpoint, like, all right, it's me versus you. We about to see who's about to be better. But then I ended up finding out he wasn't doing anything. So I'm like, damn, like, I thought, you know what I'm saying, we was going to compete. Let's, let's see who, you know what I'm saying, the best as far as drill work and running and shit. He ain't do it, but I felt like I'm like, I'm going to do it, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to, you know what I'm saying, not be able to go out there and, you know what I'm saying, uh, show my skill set and do all the extra shit. But before I ran the 40 and I was practicing the 40, uh, I actually caught cramps before. Like, so, you know, you do the, the like, 10-yard, you just do the little warm-up. Um, I caught cramps. And it was really because, so the COVID year, it was, it was weird, man, because we had to sit... Uh, we were like sitting a whole bunch, like just the time we were just sitting. So we, were, we got up one time, we warmed up, and then they told us to sit back down. So I had already warmed up, everybody's already warmed up, but then we had to sit back down for like another 30, 40 minutes. So I'm like, damn. So then once I get down there to warm up, I run like a 20 yard and I felt myself cramp. And I'm like, oh shit. So I'm like, damn, maybe I shouldn't run this shit. So then I called my, uh, my agent and I'm like, bro, like I'm cramping like, you know what I'm saying? He like, how you feel? I'm like, it, I'm still run it. So knowing me, which it's, it, should, it, it was really bad because I really shouldn't have, I really should have just hung it up and be like, I'm done. Right. 
So I try to take some electrolytes, and you know, if y'all know, if y'all ever call cramp, like that shit don't work instantly. Like that shit <laughs> takes, no. it take a minute to work. So I take the electrolytes, thinking, you know, what I'm saying, I'm be straight. I start, I start stretching, and then as soon as I got to the line, I'm looking down the line, and you know that 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 damn 40 yards seemed like 100 at the combine. So I'm like, fuck. So now I'm already, I'm already cramping. So then I get in my stance, and like I feel everything just tighten up, and I'm like. I don't know how this is about to go. So as soon as I like get off that line, like every little, you know what I'm saying, every step I take, I just feel it every step, every step. And then once I got to the end, I damn near like I'm cramping at like fully on cramping. So then after that, I just, I hung it up. But once I didn't get drafted that first round, it lit a fire in me uh, because, you know, I felt like, uh, you know, I was a first round talent. Um, I felt like I should have, I should have, you know what I'm saying, got chosen in the first round. I didn't. And so, you know, after that, and I, it was a, it was kind of a hard couple of days because uh, I had everybody, like my whole family was there. Once I did it, I told everybody to go home. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And the next day, I wasn't going to have nobody come back. Because at this point, I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm kind of I'm pissed that I didn't go first round. Um, but then I had to talk with, you know what I'm saying, my mom. And she's just kind of telling me, like, you know what I'm saying? You're you going to get, you, it's going to come. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get drafted the second day. Um, so I just told everybody to come back. I got drafted. Uh, but then, you know what I'm saying? Before that night, that same night, I went back and watched all my film. And then the, the, that next morning, I watched my film. I wrote down like all the, you know what I'm saying? The bad things that, that, uh, that I didn't do well. I wrote down all the good things. Um, I just watched film of myself, kind of critique myself real hard. And uh, I just went from there, man. I just kept that in my mind. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, I worked on all the, all the shit that I felt like I needed to work on. And I also sharpened the things that I thought I was good at. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, it, it just got me to this point, so. Yeah, you mentioned Wink earlier, Wink Martindale, who was the new defensive coordinator, came over from the Baltimore Ravens. And in the offseason, you know, there were talks about, I did an entire interview about you being the green dot and yep. being the captain and the way that they were kind of empowering you to be the guy on this team and you're coming into this season and like let's be frank joe judge sucks yeah right your team sucked mm -hmm. he's terrible damn timmy tough nuts gets in front of the media every day and is saying these certain things but he's not coaching in that way to get a team to do that you start the season in Tennessee, Tennessee was the number one overall seed in the AFC last year. Go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, end up winning with a two-point conversion by Saquon and a stop by y'all defensively. Coming into the season, were you expecting your team to play the way y'all did early on in the season? Yeah. Um, really? And I, I say that because when we started in OTAs, like all the years before, um, nobody, like, we didn't start off all on the same page. Um, I think everybody was kind of going in different directions. And I think a big reason to that was because of the coaching staff that we had. 
there, which was, you know what I'm saying, Joe Judge and his, his crew. Um, and so they just made it to where nobody wanted to come, or like, if you didn't have to be there, nobody wanted to be there because we knew what they was gonna have us doing. That was the good part when, when Dave's and, you know what I'm saying, all the, the, the crew that's there now, when they came in, because so we talked to them and they actually listened. Like when we told them just about and what we did in previous years and what we wanted to do differently, they actually listened. And he told us, he like, look, I'm gonna take care of y'all, but you know what I'm saying, on the other end of it, we're gonna work. And we understood that. And I think we all went into it like, we're trying to change the culture now. Like we don't want to have another, a lot of guys, for me, it had only been two years, but a lot of guys, it was, a, you know, it was, it was three years, right. going on that fourth year. So I think collectively as a group, we just wanted to change the narrative. We wanted to change the culture. And once we all came in for OTAs, and everybody was coming together as one, we started building that relationship with each other. I knew that from the beginning of the season that it was the start of something special because everybody was going the same direction. Like before it was just like, everybody's pulling different directions. Coaches that we had before, a lot of people, they didn't like each other, but then they actually showed it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you get coaches that don't like each other, but they can still, they know what the, the main goal is. But coaches we had, it was like, everybody's pulling different directions. So we was just going through a lot of stuff, but I realized with this group that we had this year, everybody was solid. Everybody was, you know what I'm saying, pushing the same way. And it works a lot better when, you know what I'm saying, everybody's going in one, one direction. And uh, we all saw what Dayball did in Buffalo, why he get, got the job in New York. Yeah. And then you just see everybody, like you say, everybody getting better. When you're watching Daniel Jones, a young quarterback, then you're watching Saquon coming off the injury, and you're just like, you know, what's he going to come back and be? Mm -hmm. And then you see both of them get better, I would mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. Like, did y'all see that early on? And are you like, was Dayball a part of that? Was it injury? Was it age? Like those dudes took off this year. I, I lost hope in Daniel Jones, to be honest. And then I started watching this year. I was like, hmm. Oh, you actually had it? I, you said you I saw great athleticism early <laughs> on. But this year, I, I yeah, saw an athlete, but this year I started, I started to see a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think for even from the jump, like you could see the growth uh with DJ. You could see it with Say. Um and they was doing so much, like offensively, like, so the shit that y'all really saw, like offensively this year, they ain't do none of that in OTA. Like the offense was completely different. Um, they was doing shit like, a lot of times OTAs in camp, Saquon was out at receiver. You know what I'm saying? He running routes and doing, like they all type of crazy formations. Um, but we saw it from the jump. We saw, you know, the improvement as soon as, pretty much as soon as we start really going against each other, uh, we can see that they both got better. Um, and we knew, obviously, we knew Say was who Say was gonna be, who he was gonna be. We already knew that, uh, but it really showed. Like we like, all right, yeah, he really back uh, when camp when we when we started camping. He trucking people. I probably seen video of right. it before. That was when I knew like, all right, like he's serious. Because um, at that point, we wasn't even we weren't even supposed to be doing shit like that. But he was, you know, what I'm saying we saw the the his step was fast. Um, we saw that he was hungry. And, you know what I'm saying, once we saw that, we was like, shit, we're going to be good offensively. Um, so, but we, we saw it from, uh, you know what I'm saying, once we started, uh, you know what I'm saying, competing against each other, we knew that it was ready to go. And like Saquon, you know, we had, we've, he'd been on, he'd been on mm -hmm. the show with us. And just, you see his body, you see them big ass thighs. I had to compliment him on his thighs. <laughs> I played with Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown. And before practice walking out, I'd always just go give him dap. Yeah. Hey, brother, you good, man? We're yeah. going we gonna, we gonna to grab dinner tonight? Yeah, yeah. Because if your big ass break through this hole, 
I do not want to hit you. Yeah. I just think like you, you got to tell Saquon to come. Hey, coming off injury, man, I know that man was wild. It's, it's crazy because so my rookie year, I met him. As, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was my rookie year. I met him in the hole one time, and my damn chin strap went all the way to my damn eyes, bro. Like, <laughs> that shit was crazy. Like, and we still talk about it to this day. Like, that shit was, that was the wildest shit ever. But for me and him, like, we just always try to compete with each other. When we used to do one-on-ones, he would go a receiver. And sometimes we, we, we had made a bet, uh, actually, for camp. It was uh, either uh, who was going to get, either he was going to get more touchdowns or I was I going to get more picks. So we had made a bet, just like a friendly bet uh, during camp. And we would just always compete with each other, whether that was one-on-ones, uh, whether that was open field tackling, whatever it was. Um, because for me, I understood that, you know what I'm saying, he wanted the best backs in the league, if not the best back in the league. So I knew that it was going to make me better. Um, so I always wanted to, however I could, I always wanted to compete, you know what I'm saying, with, with you know what I'm saying, the best guy. And obviously, I knew that I was probably gonna like, for instance, when we played Carolina and I had to guard McCaffrey. So I knew that I was gonna have these type of matchups in the season anyway. So I knew that he was gonna get me prepared, you know, for seeing, you know what I'm saying, the McCaffreys, the, you know what I'm saying, all these, the Mark Andrews, all these guys that were the top guys, I knew that he was gonna get me prepared for that. So uh, it was fun to compete with him. Uh, obviously he's a competitive dude. Um, so we just, we, we just have fun with it, you know what I'm saying, during, during camp and stuff like that. You talked about OTAs, the expectation, and building, starting to build from there. Talked about two of your team stars and Saquon and Daniel Jones. Mm -hmm. Aside from how you guys ended this year and surprising everybody, because we didn't, I, I didn't think the Giants were going to make the playoffs and do as well as you guys did, but you did great. Mm -hmm. Were there, in terms of players, who was that one guy that was the biggest surprise and helped contribute to the team's success? I would say uh, Isaiah, uh, the receiver. Isaiah Hodgins. Yeah, Hodgins. Y'all yeah. picked him up late, though. That was November. Yeah, so when he came, like, he, like, I was like, damn. It, really, I would say him and Richie. So that's two receivers, Richie James and Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah, right. yeah. So I, I would say those two are the biggest, uh, you know, reasons of, of uh, how well we played offensively. Um, I thought they had a great year. Um, I, I thought they, you know, they were reliable the whole year. You could depend on them. Um, and they were always guys that were going to make the catches. Um, and they had really good seasons. So uh, I would say, you know what I'm saying, those two were the biggest, you know, reasons to why we did what we did offensively. Fellas, it's Championship Sunday. Oh. Ain't but four teams left in this thing, and only two of them get to go to the big dance. But you know who else wants to go to the big dance? DraftKings. Any new customer that signs up with the promo code PIVOT, you bet at least $5 on either one of these games, and you get another $200 in additional bets. They trying to help you win. It may not help the teams, but it's going to help you. Go ahead and put that on a same-game parlay. You said it. It's Bro, you love a same-game parlay. Only got two games now. You know I love these boys in Cincy now. <laughs> so who wins? How much they win by? Over-unders. Multiple bets on the same game, and you have a chance of winning even more money. Correct, but the sports book is not everywhere. So some people will feel left out. But if you're not in one of those cities or states, don't worry. We got DraftKings Daily Fantasy where you can still pick your favorite players to go ball out and do their thing, and you can still get money. Well, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook, right now you grab your phone, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up using the promo code PIVOT. You bet on either of these championship games, any but $5, and you get $200 in additional bets. Let's get back to the show. You make sure y'all get to the games.
but I kind of want to talk about the Minnesota game. This was a game early on in the season. It was tight. They end up edging you guys out late. Yeah. Um, I would think it's because, one, you blitzed on third down, gave Kirk, who can't read defenses, an opportunity to see what you was playing on Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. He gets a, gets a third down catch. Then you have the screen, puts you in position, puts them in position to kick a 61-yard field goal. But going into the game in the playoffs, a lot of people did think you guys had a chance. And it was going to be about, say, it was going to be about Daniel Jones, but also what y'all could do defensively to stop Justin Jefferson. He gets off. He's kind of going off early, has five catches early, but there are no big plays. Or Dory's back. You're back. Yep. Right? Yep. So now it's a, it's a different crew. Take us through a little bit of your feeling going into that game and what it was like in your young career to finally be in a big game, be in the playoffs, and have your team come through the way y'all did. All the talk was about Justin Jefferson. Um, rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. Um, you know what I'm saying? I played him before in college in big games. So I understood his game. I, I knew how good he was. Uh, but for me, I'm like, bro, I don't want to keep hearing about him, you know what I'm saying, the whole week. Like, I ain't trying to hear that. Um, so I had told the media, I'm like, we had, se- the, you know what I'm saying, a week before, we had seen him, you know what I'm saying, against uh, uh, Jair. And he, he ain't really have, he was really shut down. So uh, for me, how I saw it was, you know what I'm saying, if, if he could do it, we could do it too. Because um, I knew who we had on defense. I knew our defense was, was really good and a top-tier defense. That's the mindset I went into it with. And he put on his pants. That's how I put on my pants. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, if we able to, to, to limit him, obviously we know he's going to make big plays because he's a great player. So we, we, we didn't get, you know what I'm saying, sidetracked by that. We, we knew that we weren't going to stop him to zero yards. We knew that wasn't going to happen. Uh, but we did know we had to limit him. Um, and really, the first like five plays of the game was really my like my I was really bullshitting. Um, but once I, I had to settle in because it was my first playoff game, so like I was real like uh, I was eager, um, I was anxious to kind of make a play. Um, but once I you know what I'm saying settled down, uh, you know what I'm saying got into the game, like everything was fine, everything went smoothly. Just going into that game, man, it was. It, it, it was a great feeling uh, just because it was my first time being in a playoff game, first time being in a, a, a real meaningful game. Right. Um, and I knew what was at stake. Um, and that was like that for a lot of us. Uh, so I think even, you know what I'm saying, once we, once we settled down into that game, I think like we were fine and we, we kind of understood like, all right, this is, this is what it's going to take. How good did it feel to win it though, bro? Shit felt good, bro. I ain't going <laughs> to lie. It felt, it felt good because it felt like back to the college days, like right. when, you was, when, when I was winning them, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the Natty, the, uh, the SEC championship, the, those games, like it, it went back to those games and the atmosphere was crazy. Um, and it just felt, it just felt, it was a different feeling for sure. And you had that good feeling. You had the, the, the sweet honey. And then next week, Philly came up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, facts. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> With all good comes some bad there, man. Like, you know, y'all had that excitement. Y'all are a young team. Mm-hmm. Y'all are ascending. And then y'all really, now y'all line up against the Super Bowl favorite right now. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. What was, what happened? What was that game? Like, I know it was excitement and division. Y'all done played them twice already. Y'all know how good they were. Mm-hmm. Then the game starts. I just felt like, me personally, I just didn't think that our energy level was where it needed to be. Um, like, and that was just from jump. Uh, I felt like it could have been a lot better. Um, but I thought we prepared well the whole week. At the end of the day, they was just a better team than us. Um, and, and, you know what I'm saying, it showed that night. Um, and so, 
it was just, it, it was tough though. I ain't gonna lie, cause they got out fast. And it was like, once they got out fast, we're like, damn, like, shit, it's already 21 to zero. We, you know, <laughs> you so, about to put the sticks up. Yeah, like, <laughs> shit, we, 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 yeah, we, we try to figure it out. Like, damn, so I'm thinking like, after halftime, like, all right, we gonna come out and we gonna make some noise. Man, that shit really didn't, like, it shit really was the same way the whole game. Um, and then I, I ended up getting the sack fumble. We didn't get that back. And I'm like, it, this, it just ain't going our way. So right. it was frustrating, but I also think it was a humbling experience. Um, you know, it, I think we understood like, all right, we know what it's gonna take to, to get past this level. We know, we know we got a lot of things to work on to be able to beat it. Cause the Eagles are gonna be the team to, for us in our division, they're gonna be the team to beat every year. Um, I think they building something great over there. They got a great leader in Jalen. So we just got to improve and we're going to have to go from there. But that was a rough night. We gotta, so when you said the Eagles are going to be the team to beat, for sure, yeah. right? We have a huge Cowboy fan here that runs our show. And as, as soon as you said it, she perked up. I perked up. She, they perked up like this, man. They felt like, hold on, he talking about the Eagles. Yeah. It's supposed to be America's team. And when I look at the Eagles, you said the first thing is Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. His his ascension to being an MVP caliber player is the sole reason why they're so difficult to beat right now. Yeah. They run like three plays. Yeah. But there's so much you could do off of those plays, and it's controlled by number one. But in your division, it is the New York Giants now, and it is the Dallas Cowboys. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's a testament to your growth and your team's growth because, what, four years ago, three years ago, it was the NFC least. Yeah. Right? They, they weren't expecting those teams. So when you look at you guys being blown out by the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, again, underachieving and losing in San Francisco, not the Eagles being that team, how do you see this division going going forward? I think we're going to be competing to win the division every year um, from, from here on out. Um, so... It's going to take, uh, you know, obviously those division games are hella tough, uh, especially now we get, you know what I'm saying, you got the Eagles, you got Dallas, and even, you know what I'm saying, Washington. Do you really care about Dallas, though, or is Dallas just all hype and fluff? <laughs> nah, I don't, I mean, me personally, I don't really care about Dallas, um, but we don't, I mean, we don't care about none of the teams in the division. We try to win the division at the end of the day. Uh, but we do know that, you know what I'm saying, those teams got talent. We do know they are really good teams. Um, and we do know it's going to take a lot to be able to beat them uh, every year. So, right. you know what I'm saying? That's just the mindset that we go into it with. But like I said, we're going to be competing, um, you know what I'm saying, to, to win a division every year. I think we're we going to have the team to do it. Um, I think we're building, like I said, we're building something special. Um, and I think we got something um, that's going to be, we're going to be a hard team to beat every year. Uh, I know that for sure. I think we build it with just the players that we got. Um, I think we, we built it even with the coaches uh, that we have. So um, I think we got everything is, is uh, set in place. Uh, we just need, a, you know what I'm saying, a couple more pieces. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, we're going to be rolling. You get involved in different things in New York than other places. You can become a star in New York differently than other places. Like you look at OBJ. You know, obviously the the on the field play was spectacular yeah. here in New York early. But being able to do all those other things, the Met Gala, all of this, you know, you got short hair on one side, long hair on the other side. Yeah. I guess it's like your your alternate personalities. I'm <laughs> this guy off the field, this guy on the field. But I'm old, 
right? They make fun of me because I wear different what he does because he can't dress. Look, because, at his, look at his neck. Because I wear clothes that are his neck different. Is, his from, neck is covered by cloth right now. <laughs> from, from other people. <laughs> but, you know, I love watching the young cats, y'all guys, come into the stadium, your own flair, your own style, and doing things differently and being comfortable in that. Like, you're really big into fashion. Mm -hmm. How does being in New York even fan that fire more for you and make you want to get into some more of those things? I think it's because I see so much different stuff in, in, in New York. Uh, you see so much different fashion. You see a lot of different people. For me, it makes me want to elevate my game uh, because, you know what I'm saying, just seeing um, a lot of people being able to dress a lot of different ways and even in ways that you don't even think like, he, he looks a certain way or she looks a certain way, but they dress totally different. Um, so just seeing that uh, just makes me want to elevate uh, my game. And obviously, I'm big in the fashion, um, and I want to be able to uh, eventually, like once I'm done with football, I want to jump into the fashion industry, um, and I want to be involved, you know what I'm saying, with that. Um, so just being in New York, just seeing all the artwork, um, seeing all the you know, different clothing brands, you know what I'm saying? All the people that's that's trying to, you know what I'm saying, get their clothing brand off the off the ground and get their artwork off the ground. It's just inspiring to see. Uh, just seeing how they work in the city. Um, obviously everybody's always on the move. Everybody always work. Everybody trying to, you know what I'm saying, get something done. Um, so just seeing that just inspires me a lot. It ain't no city like New York, I say that for sure. So are you a natural blonde or <laughs> which side did you die? I'm I'm black. I'm, I'm black. It's I'm black for sure. <laughs> what? Because I'm, you know, I got I got the wicks as well. Yeah. What motivated that hairstyle? Because you got the doo-doo braids, you got the Kodak blacks, mm -hmm. you got the naturals, you know what I'm saying? I don't like the tips. You got the T-Pain tip, but yeah, I'm yeah. not a fan of the tips. Yeah. You got a whole different thing on. Did you cut the one side? Did the bleach shrink it? Like, just nah, explain so, that to it's me. It's crazy. So like some people, they ain't really, they thought I cut it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, nah, like it really didn't, it wasn't supposed to be like that. But obviously with the with the bleach, it it shortened, you know what I'm saying, my hair on my left side. Oh. And so it just started to like at first it was they, they was even. And then as time started to go by, this side just started to grow a lot faster. And at first I'm like, I don't really like it. But then I thought I'm like, it actually ain't bad. So <laughs> then I kept it and you know what I'm saying, it's my style and uh, you know what I'm saying? Everybody pretty much like it for the most part. Shane, so. When you came in, didn't the dude tell you about all the strip clubs that that's here? Cause he was cause you look like a strip clubber, I guess. Yeah, dude just walked up to me when we got to the hotel. Hey man, there's like nine strip clubs around here. And I, I got you. I was like, damn, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a religious man. <laughs> that's a that's a lie. <laughs> the atmosphere here though, you mentioned like that people hustle, people work, all mm -hmm. that. You could get caught up. In, in this life. Mm. I believe it's a lot of times why dudes don't want to leave this place. Yeah. Even if you may have a better opportunity to win, you also can have a chance to, to make more money. When you start here yeah. and you see the other things that you could do, it's like, hey, hold on, like, like this is the spot for me. Mm -hmm. But how have you been able to evade getting caught up in that, getting caught up in the hype, caught, caught up in the fame, caught up in the party, and caught up in the women, and just keep the main thing the main thing? You gotta have balance, um, and I, and I, especially I think here. Um, like you said, it, it's a lot. It's so much to do in New York. It's so much stuff to get caught up with. Um, but for me, I'm not really even like I don't even be doing a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, so I'm already like I, I'm laying low a lot of the times. I don't. I don't. I mean, I go out to the city, but it's not like crazy. 
Um, it's not like I don't need to. Um, I always am a person like, when I want to do something, I can do it. But a lot of times I want to chill anyway. So it's easier for me um, to not really get caught up in the hype because, uh, you know what I'm saying, when I'm, when I'm chilling, I'm chilling. Um, but um, I can see how, you know what I'm saying, people can get caught up in that because, like I said, it's a lot of stuff, you know what I'm saying, to do. Um, it's a lot of places to be, a lot of different people to, to be around. Uh, but you just got to have a balance and you got to kind of know, you know what I'm saying, when to do stuff and when to not. Um, and I think that's really, you know what I'm saying, the ultimate, ultimate thing. And with uh, the change, talking about change, the change from college, because uh, you're from Roswell, Georgia, to Alabama to now New York, that yep. change. And then we kind of hit on them changes with the organization as well. You have Judge, who Ryan's made clear he's not a fan of. Yeah. And then you... <laughs> Yeah. What are you going to do, fight me? He nah, gonna, it don't, it don't he make no difference snatch, to me. He going to snatch off your damn turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he would. <laughs> and then day ball. You kind of hit on it, but what's that difference? What's the flat out you see it, you walk in that first day. Oh, damn. Just the energy and the passion that, that Dave's had. And it wasn't how when Joe Judge came in, it was a lot of like, we was used to cussing every five seconds. You know what I'm saying? And, and Dave's wasn't like that. Uh, we understood that, you know what I'm saying, when he came in, uh, we knew the goal was clear. Um, and he wasn't trying to, you know what I'm saying, be an asshole or, or do anything that was funny acting. Um, you know what I'm saying? He wanted to win games, and, and you know what I'm saying, he told us that from the jump. So obviously, we was already ready to change the narrative. So at that point, we didn't really care who came mm -hmm. in. You know what I'm saying? We had already built that mindset of like, all right, we're about to change this. We don't care what coaches come in the building. We got to change this shit now. But luckily, you know what I'm saying, we got Dave's and we got all the other coaches. And like I said, they were so transparent with us and they actually listened to, you know what I'm saying, what we wanted to do. Um, so once we knew that, once we knew that they were actually going to listen, um, you know, once we could actually trust them, everything was, was smooth selling and it was a lot easier. We got four teams left. Uh, we can obviously make our decisions or who we think are the teams that could win this week when you have Kansas City, Cincinnati on one side, Philadelphia, San Francisco in the NFC, which you were in. Looking at those four teams, who who would you pick to win this weekend and who ends up being the Super Bowl champion? Um, I think Kansas City going to beat the Bengals. And, uh, man, this Eagles-San Fran game, I don't know. I, I think the Eagles going to win. Um, and I think uh, the reason... San Francisco, I've always been saying it the whole year. Uh, I think that, you know what I'm saying, the, the Brock, what's his name, Brock? Brock Purdy. I think he gonna mess up eventually. Um, you know what I'm saying, he's a rook. Uh, but I do know he got a lot of talent around him, a lot of talent. So, uh, but, you know what I'm saying, we've all seen, you know what I'm saying, the quarterbacks mess it up with a lot of talent around him. So, um, I think that, you know what I'm saying, he gonna mess up. And uh, I think the Eagles gonna, it's gonna be Eagles versus Kansas City. I, and I. I want to go with the Eagles winning it all. After playing them, uh, the amount of times you guys have seen them last week, I can see that. I think in the end, you know, here's your chance for your coach. Mm -hmm. What's your pitch for Brian Dayball to be coach of the year? Uh, I think he should be coach of the year um, just because uh, he turned he turned around organization super fast. Uh, like last year, we hit rock bottom. Like we was at rock bottom. Um, and for him to, to come in and be able to change um, just how we, how we did things, 
uh, be able to shift the energy in the whole entire, like the whole entire building. When it, it goes from the, the cafeteria, the people that work in the cafeteria, uh, to the trainers, just the whole energy just shift in the building. Um, and, and him being able to uh, just turn things around in a, in a matter of one year, um, I think is was just crazy. Um, and obviously you don't see that a lot. Obviously, sometimes you see it takes a little minute for, for you know what I'm saying, new coaches to come in and get adjusted, but he, he got adjusted to the players. He got adjusted to, you know, everybody in the building. And, um, you know what I'm saying, he was able to, uh, you know, lead us. And, um, you, know, you know, we was able to string together, you know what I'm saying, wins uh, that a lot of people didn't even think we was going, like you said, a lot of people didn't even think we was going to be in this situation and even get to the playoffs. So just him, the fact of him being able to, to lead us and, and, and do that for our group, um, you know, I think that's a, you know, a big reason of why he should be coach of the year. You talked about in the NFC East competing mm -hmm. every year. You're on your, going into your fourth year, yeah. contract talks may start. But we know for sure Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are up for contracts. And those, both of those guys had to bet on themselves yeah. with going into this last year after being first-round picks. How imperative is it for both of those guys to be back here next year? Uh, super imperative. Just in your mind, you say it's super imperative. To like, you, they have to sign Saquon and Daniel Jones. Yeah, for sure. Um, because they are um, a big reason to why we won the games that we won. Um, they're a big reason to why we're, we're, we were in this position that we were in this year. Um, and you know what I'm saying, they're our leaders. Uh, they're our captains. Um, so we know that. And, um, you know, I, to me, I think they're a huge part of, you know what I'm saying, what we want to do, uh, you know, just building towards the future and, and uh, being able to win, you know what I'm saying, the, the Super Bowls and, you know, do all those things. So um, I think, you know what I'm saying, we definitely need, those guys definitely need to be back. One of my, my favorite safety of all time is Sean Taylor. Then it would be Troy Palomalu, next Ed Reed. Apparently, Ed's one of your favorite safeties, if not your favorite. How does Xavier McKinney put himself on the same track of an Ed Reed? Yeah, that's tough. Um, <laughs> that's tough. Uh, but I would say just getting that ball. Um, you know what I'm saying? I watch Ed Reed all the time. And uh, obviously, everybody know he was able to get that ball. Um, he was able to make plays with the ball. So I think as far as that goes of, of just being um, you know, in that caliber of, of a Hall of Famer, uh, you have to be able to to get the ball. Um, you got to be able to make turnover. You got to be able to, to to do something with it also. So I think that's you know what I'm saying it, it's it's gonna be tough, uh, but it's not impossible. Um, just gotta work, um, and at the end of the day, you just gotta you gotta make it happen. So uh, you know what I'm saying that's what I'm gonna, that's what I'm trying to do. Say we always ask the guests <clears throat> what's been their biggest pivot. So I want to ask you that, but I also want to ask, on, on top of that, what's the end goal? Biggest pivot first in life, yep. and then the end goal after everything is said, and like, what are you trying to achieve? Uh, I think, shoot, my biggest pivot in life. Uh, so crazy when you ask young people this. Yeah. They had a yeah. lot of life. Like, oh, we just started. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think um, really it was after my, uh, after this, this incident I just had, um, you know what I'm saying? I had to um, just think about, um, you know what I'm saying, things going forward of how I had had to do different things. 
um, I just thought, I started to think about life differently. Um, you know what I'm saying? I started to really understand and sit back and like, every every moment is precious. You know what right. I'm saying? You can't take nothing for granted, can't take the game for granted, can't take life for granted. Um, and I'm thankful that, you know what I'm saying, it wasn't anything worse. I'm thankful that it was just my hand because it could have been, you know what I'm saying, a lot worse. Um, so I think that's the biggest pivot that, you know what I'm saying, I have had to make uh, was just changing, um, you know what I'm saying, how I do certain things and understanding that now I have certain responsibilities where there's some things that I can't do. You know what I'm saying? I, some, some stuff I gotta wait, you know what I'm saying? I gotta, you know what I'm saying, kinda uh, maneuver and do, do a lot of things different. So I would say that's the biggest pivot. As far as uh, the end goal uh, for me, obviously I wanna be a Hall of Famer. Um, I wanna be, you know what I'm saying, considered one of the best to ever do it. Uh, that's always been my goal. Um, and you know what I'm saying, that goal will never, I will never, you know, bring that goal down. Uh, it's always gonna be up there. It's always gonna be the same thing. Um, and I understand that, and I, I just got to work to get to that point. Yeah, I think, you know, he's a linebacker, he's a running back, I was a safety. The one thing I would say is that there's no safety in being a safety. Mm -hmm. You do everything right, and people don't always notice it, yeah. but the first thing you do wrong, they notice you give up big plays, yeah. you give up touchdowns. And so, play everything top down, make the plays you're supposed to, and you'll be exactly where you're supposed to be. Man, we appreciate you taking your time. Yes, I know sir. this is a long season. Uh, we're happy that you're back healthy. Yeah. And good luck in the future. You know, if the Dallas Cowboys come around and you stump them out, such is life, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you. Though. Yes, sir. I appreciate yeah. y'all. Man. man, let's go to Mexico. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, still, I, still, I still got a day, a free, a little free day. Yes, sir. Right, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, though. Hold up. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Uh, way I'm feeling, got me up. Uh, on a mission, got me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, on the vision, I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a stomach count, pinning it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Uh, way I'm feeling, got me up.